Hello you. Welcome to another episode of Actors Making It, the podcast where I talk to actors about their journey to making it, in whatever way making it means to them. This week's guest is just 18 years old and she has already racked up some amazing credits in some amazing homegrown series, Frayed, Born to Spy, and most recently, Barons. When I tell you that this actor has the type of drive and determination that is enviable, I don't think that it is enough to do her justice. Honestly, I think if I had half the hustle that Lulu Quirk has, I do wonder where I would be. Look, Lulu is incredibly likable and passionate about this game, and I just know that she's going to go far. In this week's episode, we talk about how when her parents said no to a performing arts school, she saved money from her part-time job, you know, because it cost too much, and she presented her parents with a financial plan on how to pay for school, and they agreed. Now she is performing in her first ever play, Young Bodies, Some Bodies, which is showing until the Saturday, the 28th of May, at the Flight Path Theatre in Marrickville. There are some tickets left, so if you have nothing to do tomorrow night or Saturday, I'll share the link in the bio. Go and check her out if you're in Sydney. Look, if you don't come away from this podcast feeling inspired, then frankly, I don't know what's wrong with you. Lulu's energy is infectious. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and good luck on your own journey to making it. <laughs> Welcome to Actors Making It. Thank you. Thank oh, you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Thank you so much for um thank you so much for joining me. I love um as you will know from listening to the podcast every week. Um I love talking to actors and hearing all about their journey. So really keen sure. to kind of hear all about yours. So let's start at the very beginning. I think um in some of the information that you sent me, you've been acting since you were a teenager. Um, mm. your IMDb says you've been acting for about 10 years or so. Um, yeah. so what, I don't know how old you are because of, uh, <laughs> the show that you were in last year, Born to Spy and just yeah. watching a clip, your show reel. I'm like, this girl must be like 17. Um, <laughs> so I have no idea how old yeah. you are and how long 10 years ago is as well, that's a stupid thing. I know exactly how long 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know what age you would have been 10 years ago when you right. came into the industry. Right. So I'm 18. Okay. I just turned 18 last year. Um, so I have been acting, I started off in musical theatre. So that's where I started about 10 years ago. It's okay. actually probably a few more than 10 years ago now, um, now that I'm 18. Um, so I started in musical theatre. So when I was little, mum put me into musical theatre classes. I my first year that I did it, I think was 2006. Okay. So I did, um, it was just like a drama class that was like in a little studio across from where I lived. It was really close to where I lived. So mum used to take me on Saturday mornings and I'd go to that. And I did that for uh, quite a few years. I did drama in primary school. So I never did it professionally when I was younger. It was more of just like something that I really, really loved and wanted to do when I got older. So um, I did drama classes, I did dance classes. So, you're, so you going into those at that age and your mum taking you to those classes, was that off the back of you saying, I want to be an actor, put me into something? No, I don't think so. I think it was just something that, I mean, I was always a very loud, um, <laughs> out there kid. Okay. <laughs> so I think it was just something that she thought would be good for me okay. and like something I'd really enjoy. It was, I guess I didn't really think that it could be something that I wanted to do until I was in it. I mean, I was really little, so it was, 
I don't know, something that I just really love to do. And then when I started to do it more, it became something that I was really passionate about. So I did that for a number of years. Um, and then when I was um, eight, my best friend was in this musical with our local theater company and I went to see it and it was just amazing. Like it, I had seen musicals before and mum had always taken me to shows and, but just to see like people from the, like my town in this amazing show, it was just so incredible to me. And the fact that my friend was in it and it was just like a little production, but it was just like, I was just amazed and I was like, I need to be in their next production. Like whatever it is, I'm in it. So yeah, the next show coming up was Annie. It was Annie and um, I was just like, I have to audition. I don't care what role I get. I could be like broom number four and <laughs> I want to be in it. Like I was just so keen to be in this production of Annie. And so I went to the audition and I, and then um, I got a call back and then I got in it and that was kind of like the first um, production or like, I guess, yeah, production that I was in yeah. and it was, it was incredible. I just, I just loved going to rehearsals. I loved every moment of like the rehearsal process and, you know, going for costume fittings and singing the music because I'd never really done a lot of um, music stuff before. It was all dancing and acting, um, but I just loved it. Mm. and. I started at that and that was the first show I did. That was at, um, so I grew up on the central coast. So, oh, okay, sure. Uh, I yeah, mean, I can, so I can definitely was... empathize with the whole going to a production and like, I think yeah. it's one thing when you go to see a production as a consumer of art, but mm -hmm. when you have that physical response of, I want that I want to be a part of that. I can imagine myself being on stage. It's just yeah. when you've when when you've not acted before, but it's something that's kind of there and it gives you that feeling, I think that is like a yeah. really key indicator of like I'm meant to be an actor. Yeah. It was definitely I think watching the show um that I had seen that made me want to do it was like it was such a um such an eye opener. Even though I was so little, it was I just remember sitting in the audience and being like just the vibrancy and the way that they are making um, people watching it feel is like something that I want to do. I want to storytell and put myself in a character's shoes and be that person on okay. stage. And that's what I really wanted to do. I really was so set on being on stage and musical theatre was my thing. Yeah. So um, did you have an idea of that? that? Oh, sorry. I'm the good, no, good, right. good old go, delay go. of technology. Um, <laughs> Did you have an idea at that point of what? So how old how old were you by this point where you went where you were where you got the part in Annie? So I was nine. Okay, so when I was in, yeah. Do you feel like you had an idea at that point of what of of a career in acting, or was it more a mm. case of I really want to be on stage and I want to be a part of this? What was the kind of thought process? If you can remember back then, um, yeah, of what you were thinking about. I mean, the industry at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I all I wanted to do was just be on stage and be like what I was seeing. But like my ultimate goal for a really long time 
was to be on Broadway and to be, even if it wasn't particularly Broadway in New York, just professionally working as a musical theatre performer okay. was some was a major goal for me. And I saw an opportunity to perform and basically just experience that kind of career, I guess, with um, my local theatre company. And I took it. I did every musical that I could with them. I did like, I think I did three a year. Like they had, they did senior musicals and then they did junior musicals. So I did all the junior ones, which are under 18. And then whenever a senior one came up, there wasn't too many opportunities for kids to be in that one, but I always auditioned. Sure. And I did, I did a lot of musicals with them and I was, I did it with them until I was about 15. Okay. So you so, had a really good stint in, in musical theatre. Yeah, I did. I, I absolutely loved it. And when I started to finish up with them, I was in year nine and I started to go to um, this kind of, it was a performing arts studio that was kind of near the theatre. And I was just doing their after school musical theatre program, which I was just absolutely in love with when they announced that they were opening a performing arts college the following year. Okay. And that was, that was something that really, really got me. That was something that I thought was an amazing opportunity and I could definitely get further with what I already had by going there. Yeah. It was, so they were starting, they were doing from year seven to 10. Um, you could go there. So you leave public school and you'd go there and you'd do online school with um, okay. Cairns School of Defense Education. And then in the afternoons you'd do performing arts. So you'd do about three hours of online school in the morning and then in the afternoon performing arts. And that was something that I really, really wanted to do, but I knew that it was going to be a big ask of my parents. Yep. So I had to really plan it out of how I was going to ask them. Were they supportive? <laughs> did you ask them? What, how did that go down? I did. So it was, my parents have always been extremely supportive of my acting. It sounds and, like it. Um, yeah, everything that, and my siblings as well, everything that we've wanted to do that, that we have extremely supportive parents, which we're very lucky. Um, however, <laughs> the school was very expensive. Yeah. So when I asked my parents, it was a no okay. straight away. It was a no, big no, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't want to take for an answer. Okay. So I, um, I was working, I've always worked as a waitress ever since I was about 13. I've done waitressing. Um, so I started to save my money every week when I got paid, I'd save my money. And I, one day I came to my parents and I said, look, I've got this money. This is how the school works. I, I wrote it out on a big form. I said, this is how it all works. Here's how we're going to pay for it. And yes, I am going next year. I <laughs> Thank love you. that. And we went to the information night and um, we kind of got all of the, all of the information about how it's going to work and what kind, what it means, you know, to be leaving school, basically leaving public school to be really fully immersing yourself in performing arts. And um, we went and somehow I managed to convince them and I was able to go, which I'm extremely grateful for. Fantastic. And um, yeah. so when did you finish that? course so i went there for um year 10 yep so i got my year 10 certificate and then the next year i was offered to study with them uh full time by doing a certificate four instead of year 11. okay so i chose to do that instead of going to school 
and finishing off high school, I chose to um, study performing arts full time, mm -hmm. which was a big risk. And I think there was a lot of people who um, didn't really agree with it and didn't think it was a good idea just because, um, you know, it is, I think to a lot of people, it's really important to finish school. And it's really important to oh, go to the end of year 12. It's, it's so, the whole but education the, debate is so frustrating. I know, I know. For me, I've never been um, a huge academic. Like I, I, I never really excelled in maths or science, but English and drama, I, I were just my forte. And I, and I just, I loved being in those classes. And so for me, it was, a choice of do I go and study something that I'm really passionate about and I feel like I can excel in or do I choose a safe option and stay in school and get a HSE? Yeah. So well, I mean, it was a big decision. Well, I mean, the whole school is to get you, is to tr put you on a trajectory to a career, right? So yeah, you, you made the decision that was right for your career by the sounds of it. Exactly. And looking exactly. at your experience so far, your, you know, your, mm. it was the right decision. So it was, and yeah. Oh, go on, you finish that thought. Oh no, yeah, I was just gonna say, like it was, and um, yeah, a lot of, as I said, like a lot of people didn't didn't think it was the right idea, and same goes for the other people that were in my class. Mm. Like you know, it was there was a lot of doubt around it, but I think um, not everyone suits school. When you say that there were a lot of people that didn't think it was a good idea, now you've already kind of said that your parents have have always been quite supportive, and they. Uh, obviously eventually agreed for you to go to this performing arts school. Mm. Um, were they part of that group of this isn't a good idea or what was, what did that, no. okay, cool. So what did that group look like of people saying, this is, this is not something you should do and how much, obviously you did it as you've said, but how much yeah. weight did you put in what these people were saying to you and what these people were, I guess it, projecting their feelings of what is and is not right how much weight mm. did you put in that in on that in your decision making process for your own career path um well i'd say the people it, it wasn't a lot of people but i it it was the, the people who did kind of have those thoughts and and said to me you know it's it's not it's not smart like you need to have a plan b like don't you know risk your whole high school education to go and do this it was mostly um, teachers in high school. Um, yeah. Um, and I think like, I was just so determined that like, whenever someone would say to me, oh, that's great, but like, what's your plan B? Like, I don't have a plan B. This is what I'm gonna do. Mm. So why can't I work towards it? You it's know, so, and I think I just- It's so funny because I feel like anything in the, and I mean, look, let's face it. When people are saying this type of stuff, they're not nine times out of 10, they're not saying it out of any kind of malicious intent yeah. of you can't do that. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a bloody hard industry to make it in. And it is, to, it's very hard. And so, you know, the idea that somebody might make it is really foreign to a lot of people. Um, and yeah. making it in itself, as you know, from listening to the podcast is a, is an interesting concept, which we'll get onto, but, um, yeah. obviously there's a lot of, um, well-meaning thought behind 
the comments of it's a bad idea. Um, mm. But, you know, obviously you've got to and it sounds like you've made the choice that was right for you. Yeah. Um, how did you, did, did any of that, because um, let's face it, you're quite young. Um, did mm. that impact you in any kind of way around... I don't, I don't, yeah, I was going to say around mental health, but just from a decision-making process and how that landed on you, um, did it impact you in any kind of way? Um, honestly, no. I think I was, I've always been extremely determined and I always have been the kind of person to set goals and like just do anything I can to achieve those goals. So to the people that had said, you know, um, what's your backup plan? What are you going to do when acting doesn't work out? Like it just kind of, it didn't really phase me to be honest. Sure. It just didn't, it, I mean, not to be like, Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it, you know, I'm really good. It wasn't like that at all. It was honestly just like, I, this is my goal, just like any of your goals. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, whilst I'm young, I'm going to um, go ahead and do everything I can to achieve it. So why not? Why, the, to me, there was like, what's the point of wasting time on thinking about a backup plan when I could just put all my time and energy into this one plan? Exactly. And that's and what I did. The reality is, and, and I think this is one of the problems with society, and I covered this um, a little bit with uh, a previous guest, David Clark, a few weeks ago around the systems that society puts on us and the mm. perceived things that you need to achieve at certain points in, in your life to get somewhere yeah. or by what, what, what you should have achieved by a certain age. And the reality is, even if you get to 30, 40 years old and go, you know what, I've achieved everything that I want to achieve in acting and it's not for me anymore and I want to do something else. The reality is yeah. you can go and study again at the age of 40 if it's yeah. something that you want to do or 50 or 60. 100%. You can change your career at any point in your life. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's kind of what I've always said, like a lot of people were um, a bit iffy about me leaving school so young to try and pursue a career that isn't guaranteed. And to, to like, to, I said to them, you know, there's so many other options other than going through school and getting a HSC at the end of year 12, mm -hmm. and then going to uni and going through the motions. Like I can do this. And if I've always said, if one day I turn around and go, actually, I don't want to do acting anymore. I can go to TAFE and do a bridging course and get a HSE and an ATAR through that. And then I can go to uni. Like there's just so many options that I think, um, especially young people, like people that I've talked to didn't realize were an option. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's just not one way of going through your education there's so many different just options life in yeah. general like exactly yeah if people want to get an education go out and get an education but you know some people some just can get out there and make something of their life i mean i i personally finished year 12 but then i got accepted into a into a acting academy in my last like semester of year 12 and then didn't really yeah. bother with the um with the final exams, I'm like, wow, I'm doing what I want. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. And I didn't go yeah, to exactly. university. I didn't, even for my professional career, like I have a really good professional career. I didn't go to university for that. I just, school of life. Yeah. Which is the best school yeah. when it comes to acting anyway. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely.
So from musicals and the desire right. to be working on Broadway or some kind or West End or some somewhere. Mm. I'm very conscious that my hands are in the screen, make, looking very big at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I usually, I tend to ask people, what was your idea of making it at the beginning of your career versus right. what is your idea of making it now that you've progressed a little bit? Um, yeah. I'm going to, I guess, deviate from that a little bit, uh, not for any condescending reason of you've not been in the industry long enough to have, God, that just sounded so horrible, even, I'm, even though I'm trying not to be condescending. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I guess what I'm saying is, what what is your what is your idea of making it? What are you working? What are you striving towards now? Since moving on from, well, I'm assuming you've moved on. You've obviously done a couple of um, TV things recently. Um, mm. I'm babbling. I apologise, listeners. I've <laughs> I've got a sore throat. I'm not being able to get my words out properly today. Bad bad podcast host. No, it's great, it's great. <laughs> what is your idea of making it, Lulu? Okay, well, <laughs> I think um, a few years ago, my um, my idea of making it was to be working and to be um, known within the industry. Okay. Not, I'm not, I've never um, thought of making it to be necessarily like famous mm -hmm. like that's never been something that i consider success um for me it it, it it's kind of just been like it used to be being um known within the industry and having those connections like making it as in knowing the people around you and they know you yeah and then i think now that i've worked a little bit um in the australian industry it's it, it my idea of me personally making it and for my own goals would be to be working and to telling stories that i'm really passionate about which i am which i've been very luckily lucky to give it, be given the opportunity to tell stories that's my idea of making it is telling stories that i'm really really passionate about and bringing writers and producers and directors bringing their visions to life for them is my idea of making it within this industry i love that which yeah i think it's i think it's different to um a lot of other people but i've just never um had a desire to be known necessarily or um be have my face on TV, like necessarily like that. It's just, to me, I have succeeded if I am booking work and telling stories that I'm really passionate about. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, <clears throat> let's talk about your, your recent work then and the, the, opportunities, yeah, that, the sure. opportunities that you've had to tell stories. Um, so you've been yeah. in a couple of things over the last few years now. What have we got? Frey. I'll be completely transparent. I haven't seen any of these things uh, myself. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, what have we got? Frey, Born to Spy and Barons. Actually, the guest a couple of weeks ago, Paul Talbot, was in Born to Spy as yeah. well. 
Yeah, I worked with um, Paul. He's awesome. I only worked with him for a couple of days um, on, I think it was episode three, but he's amazing. And I had a really great time working with him. I really wish I got to chat with him more. Um, but the scenes that he did were hilarious. And I just remember we were just laughing like the whole time we were filming those scenes because how yeah, good is it, it when you're on set? How good is it when you're on set and you just spend the entire time laughing? I know it was amazing. It, Born to Spy was like just an incredible show. Um, it was probably, I guess, the thing that really um, boosted my career um, in terms of booking work. Mm-hmm. It was it's the biggest role I've booked. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I remember the whole process. It was like it's every step of the process of the first or just self-tape to the callback, everything I just I remember so clearly because yeah, wow. it was such an incredible experience. Yeah. Well, let's um let's delve into a couple of those things then. So first of all, let's look at – I'm going off your IMDb, so I, I mean – That's – yeah, no, cool. I don't know whether there's stuff pre-IMDb or that's not on IMDb. Um, I know that there's things that I've done that aren't on there, so – um, mm, mm. Your, I think your bio said Frayed was your first um, opportunity on television. Yeah. So yeah. what was, um, talk me through your, sorry, let me go back. What type of role was that? How big was that role? And what was the casting process like for you? So that was just a little role. It was, um, I was only there on set for a day. Okay. Um, it was just a little guest role in episode three um, of the new season. Um, but it was my first ever uh, time on as a speaking role on a professional set um, for an ABC show. It was just, it was amazing. Um, I was, I had always done um, auditions for McGregor, who is the casting director yep. for Frayed. Um, so in the previous, so I did that in 2021, in the previous year in 2020, I kind of was just auditioning for anything I could. I got an agent in the middle of that year. Um, so before that I was, I guess, freelancing and auditioning for, um, basically any open casting calls that came through. And I was just putting myself forward for anything I could. I was on star now. I cannot root for star now enough. I love star now so much. I love Star Now. I think I always recommend it to people. Whenever someone asks me, you know, where do I start? Star Now. Get on Star Now and just apply for the student films, apply for just, you know, there's a few things you've got to sort through. There's some good, not good ones, but there's some really good stuff on there. And Star Now, I had my first acting job, which was, um, it was like a campaign for um, the University of Sydney. Okay. It was a couple of years ago, but that was my first thing. And I was just so elated to be there. It was just amazing. So that was when I kind of stopped doing musical theatre. After I graduated musical theatre, I didn't really do it anymore. And I really wanted to focus on screen. Um, so I did a lot of Star Now things. And then I did. I got my agent. And I was doing auditions. I did a lot of auditions with McGregor. Um, and then in January of last year, the head casting director at McGregor called up my agent and said, have you got Lulu? Cause she had remembered me from all those open casting calls that I had applied for. And um, she said, you know, if we've got a role for season two afraid, we really want to see Lulu for it. Um, it's just a tiny little role in episode three. 
I think it was only one line, but it was just like the most exciting thing in my I'd ever done. Well, the fact and that you that the that McGregor, so I'm assuming Kirsty, called Yeah, Kirsty called yeah. your agent and said, We have a role for Lulu. Yeah, well they wanted to see me um quickly film uh the tape so i was actually i was at a boxing session with my brother and my agent said what are you doing and i was like um in all of a boxing session she's like you need to get home to film this right now they want to see you sprayed and i was like oh okay so i really quickly went home um she sent me the script it was just one line and she was like i need this back within like an hour because like they need it straight away and i was like okay so this is and it was funny because this has actually happened a few times for this like getting those last minute auditions it's happened quite a few times for me um but yeah i got home i filmed it um and then i got my my friend who lived um across the road from me at the time she was always the one to help me out with auditions so i was like i quickly called her up and i was like come over i need to help me film this audition so she comes over and it was just one line so i kind of did a couple takes differently just just to put together and they can choose from that see if they like it um i sent it off and to be honest it was just another audition yep. i had done a lot of auditions previously to that and i didn't think much of it like i was like you know this is an amazing opportunity um i hope i get it but you know it was i couldn't obviously it never happened before so i couldn't really see myself getting it sure. because it just seemed like something so surreal and um i'd done lots of extras work um which is something that um i really really loved as well um and so the next day after i did that audition i was an extra on mr in between so i went to do that and then when i got home my agent called me and i got the role and it was amazing it was my first ever role on anything yeah. screen-wise. I'd done a, a short film before that for Afters, but this was my, the first time I was going to be on a professional Australian TV yeah. show. Well, it was amazing. First, I think the first casting through a professional casting director and, and getting the role, that, that must have, I, I mean, I can imagine feeling completely elated by that. Yeah. It was amazing. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was a bit speechless. And you know, even though it was only, I had one line on the show, I, <laughs> I, when you watch it, I'm like there for like 30 seconds. But every moment that I was on set for that from getting to set, like they put us um, in a motel room before the night before the shoot, because it was we were shooting in uh, Newcastle. So okay. it was um, a bit of a drive from where I was living. Um, but yeah, they put me in a motel room and that was just like the most like exciting thing ever. And then I went like from the moment I stepped on set and like at first when I got there, they actually thought I was an extra. Okay. So they put me in the extra section and then they came over and they said, what's your name? And like, are you an, like, say if you're an extra. And I was like, hi, I'm Lulu. I'm playing Amanda. And they were like, oh, Amanda. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're in the wrong section. So they like, they got me up and they took me over to where the main cast was. And they were like apologizing. And I was like, it's okay. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I'm just happy but to be here. Like, <laughs> I know. I was just so excited. And I think that was like kind of the first time I realized um, what a difference it is when you're on set being an extra versus when you have a speaking role. Sure which I never really thought about before, but it 
it is quite a big thing. Okay. On set. Tell me about that. Yeah. Then. What was what was the difference? Well, well, I've been on set a few times as an extra in um, indie things and then in shows as well. Um, and I guess you don't really realize how different the experience is until you have a speaking role. But just from things like, you know, you're, you're sitting in different areas. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very, it's, 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 it's different and it feels like a big divide. And I know when I was on Born to Spy, um, because of COVID especially, um, we weren't really, uh, it wasn't really ideal for us to be interacting with the extras a lot. Yeah. Um, and that was just something that I wasn't a fan of. Like, I think for me, we're all there for the same reason. And um, sure. we're all there to create a story. So like we, like us cast, we just, we all interacted and we kind of just tried to make it all inclusive. Yeah, sure. And yeah, even like when, so when I was on set for Fraid that day, I noticed how differently, um, not I was treated, but how how different the experience is when you're an extra. And then when they realized I was a speaking role, how it all changed Change, yeah. quite fast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, interesting. Yeah. And now you went on. To, so Born to Spy, were you a lead on Born to Spy? So, yeah, I was a supporting lead. So I played the lead's best friend. Okay. Um, I was on it. I was on it for the full three months of filming and the rehearsals before it. Um, I only did one self-tape and then one callback. So I did a self-tape the same week I filmed uh, Frayed. Um, and I sent it off, didn't think anything of it. I never really do. <laughs> like sure. I, when I send off an audition, I never really think anything of it because I feel like if I get wrapped up in it, it's just never going to leave my mind. I think that's a good, um, so... a good headspace to live in as an actor, especially uh, um, sure. with how many no's there are. So as you're aware. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I did the self tape and then the day I was on set for Fraid, um, I got a call from my agent that they wanted me to come in for a callback. So I had never been to a callback before for us, for anything on screen. So I had no idea what to expect. Um, but they sent me the episode one script, which had my name watermarked on it, which I just thought was so cool <laughs> like this is amazing like i don't care how the callback goes like this is amazing um and yeah i went for the callback and i put everything into that callback every single like i the script that they gave me for the callback was only like i think a page and a half but i practiced it like three times a day i wanted that role so bad i don't know what it was something clicked in me that was like, I think from going on set for Fraid, it made me realize this callback is my opportunity to get this role and begin my career. This is my chance to start what I've always wanted to do. Amazing. So I practiced every single day. I wrote a full, I still have it here somewhere, but I, um, I wrote a full book on notes of this character that I was auditioning for. Okay. I wrote like backstory, I wrote essays, like I wrote a lot of stuff and I just studied this character immensely, which doesn't always work for everyone, but, and doesn't always work for me, but this time it was super important to me that I did this. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Um, and I, I mean, 
I'm really into manifesting uh-huh. <laughs> and everything like that. So I manifested this role so hard. Like I, I actually wrote it down on a piece of paper, wrote the character's name down. I haven't told a lot of people this, but now I'm telling everyone, <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote the character's name down on a piece of paper and I carried that piece of paper on me for every, like everywhere I went two weeks before the audition. And I had it with me in my back pocket before the callback. And I just had it on me the whole time because I truly believed in believing in this role. So you had a decent amount of time between knowing you got a callback and the actual callback? Yeah, so I had about two weeks. So I was on set for Frayed when I got the call for the callback and then I had about two weeks and then I was in the room. Yeah, cool. Was this with McGregor again or yeah. with a different casting agency? Yes. Okay. This is with McGregor again, yeah. Nice. Cool. So from yeah. from a little one-liner role with McGregor to the supporting lead um, in another AB- mm. is ABC TV series, The Born to Spy? Yeah, yeah. ABC Me. Amazing. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's so exciting. Thank and you. The whole manifesting thing is really cool. I've had other, yeah. I've got, had another guest on the podcast, Anna Patch, who is, mm. if you haven't listened to the episode, do. She's all about manifesting. She can manifest yeah. her way into a free car parking spot. It blows my mind. That's how, yeah. that's how good her uh, manifesting is. Um, yeah. Well, that is super exciting. And now obviously you've got another thing coming out this year if it's not already out, Barons, which is... Yeah, Barons actually comes out uh, this Sunday, the twenty fourth of April. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, that's really exciting too. I'm really excited for that to come out. Oh and watch yeah, that. you're doing some. You're doing, uh, you know, a lot of great work, which is fantastic. Where, mm. I'm going to go back a little bit because you mentioned obviously you made a decision to kind of step away from the musical theatre route because you wanted to focus on screen. Mm. You've talked about in this yeah. in your process for your callback about writing a backstory and and whatnot. Yeah. I know you went to the performing arts school, but did you do any kind of training, whether it be short courses or anything like that between I'm no longer focused on stage and musicals to I want to focus on screen? How did you mm. get yourself into that, I guess, acting mind frame of that switch in discipline? Yeah, so in the certificate four that I did, um, every, I think it was like once a week for like half an hour, we did a screen class. So it was kind of just like a repertoire kind of thing. It was a musical theater course, but it was just another element that we could learn and experience. Sure. And, um, we did that with Pippa Grandison. Um, and it was amazing. I, I, I just loved it. It was, we got a new script every week. We just did techniques and everything that was um, we compared how different musical theatre is to screen. It is very, very different. Very different. And um, extremely different. <laughs> and it was hard for me to adapt, really hard, because I had always done musical theatre and I was so um, built in the ways that I did musical theatre and I was very trained in the musical theatre style mm-hmm. that when I started to learn screen acting, it was really difficult for me because it was a big transition. I was very used to being very over the top, very loud, very um, expressive. And then I had to tone it all down for screen acting. And it really interested me. And so when I graduated musical theater, um, I, I had done it for so long. Um, it was the only kind of performing I'd ever done. So when I graduated in 2019, I really wanted to try out 
screen acting and mm-hmm. see how I'd go with it. So I was waitressing, um, of course, at the time I was in two jobs waitressing. So I was waitressing at a cafe during the day and then a Thai restaurant at night. And all the money that I got paid from that, I used to pay for my own acting classes, any kind of workshop I could find, I paid for it. I paid for new headshots. I paid for like just anything, I anything acting, teaching related, I wanted to be there so I could learn everything. And I always like wrote everything down. If there was something that I wanted to do, I'd save up my money and I'd pay for it. Like that was always my thing was that I wanted to be extremely independent and do this by myself. That was something that I really wanted to achieve was not only achieve these things, but be able to achieve them independently was a big goal for me. I love. So I did that for 2020. I love your dedication and passion around A, being independent, but also just kind of striving towards your career. I mean, you know, at such a young age to be that determined and that independent and focused on your career, I think is really admirable. Um, that so Thank many, you. Yeah. so many people in, whether it's acting or just in life in general, and this isn't just necessarily an age thing, but there are so many people that just expect things to be handed to them and given to them because they feel entitled to something. And you've really gone out there yeah. and kind of worked super hard and pushed hard to get, where you want to get yeah, and it's tried to it's paying yeah. off obviously yeah i mean it's it's to, to tell stories and to um just become characters it's kind of no matter whether it was screen or stage it's something that i've always wanted to do yeah. um and when i when i made the transition to screen i knew it wasn't going to be easy so i did everything in my power to make it happen Cool. And so, like I said, I got straight on Star Now. I didn't even have the paid version at first. I think I just had the free version so that I didn't, I could save some money there and use that money for other things. And I did the free version of Star Now. I even, there's one called Backstage. So I was on that, like I was on everything. And I like, I got new headshots and I kind of, like I said before, was, I guess, freelancing for most of that year and just, you know, I was on all of the um, audition call outs on Facebook and yeah. like all that kind of stuff, just looking for any open calls that I could apply for myself without having an agent. Of course. Um, but then always wanting an agent, like I'd always wanted an agent, but I thought I'm going to see how much I can do and then I'm going to get an agent to help me further. Yeah, nice. So yeah. with that um, switch then, because you mentioned the big, kind of personality that you have um looking mm. at the the your show reel and i'm assuming clips from born to spy it looks like it's quite a big outgoing personality in that character yeah. as well which obviously w- would have suited you really well no idea what barons is like yet because obviously it's not out but <laughs> has there been have you have you experienced or what have you experienced when it comes to your own thought process about you as an actor as you've made that switch from something that you're so comfortable in and so um, confident in as far as performing on stage is concerned to switching up and going straight into you know a supporting lead role on a tv series Mm. um well I think no matter whether I was doing stage or screen the 
the type of characters I was playing was always uh, big out there characters, characters with attitude, characters with that characters that are not afraid to say what they think. And um, so I think even when I get auditions, it's always those kinds of characters. Okay. And then I find when I get get auditions for characters that are a little bit quiet, I'm not too successful. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the main, <laughs> the main, um, I guess, difference and change and transition was I think with screen I had to kind of even though I was playing the same I guess personality the transition was bringing more realism yeah to it I think on stage stage is very um materialized it's very vibrant and very animated um with the stuff that I was doing anyway. And then uh, on screen, it's very real. It's a, you're playing, it's almost you're playing a real person when yeah. you're on screen. Yeah. This is a real human. So you have to be a human and you have to bring realism to it. So I think if that answers your question, I think that was the, the biggest um, transition I made in terms of my process mm -hmm. of coming into a character. Did you experience anything quite... from a, um, like a, you know, have you heard the term imposter syndrome? Did did you have you ever? Sorry, I'm, I think. So, did you ever <laughs> did you ever question your abilities or like overanalyze yourself in it, or did you just be, or were you just like, nah, this is me, I can do it, I'm just gonna move forward. I think I did at first. I think um, when I first transitioned in the screen, I really, I really did struggle to um, change. Not, I guess not change, but adjust to screen acting. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it was just a process of realizing, and I realize now that when you're acting, you're 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 being a human. You're not being a character, a fake thing. You you're being a human. Yeah. It's still a person. And when you when I'm like now, I've learned that when I'm saying lines or when I'm performing a scene. It's you gotta just be in the moment and just be a person. Hundred percent. And and not be afraid to. I think when I was doing stage, I was afraid to do things like, like I don't know, like um, scratch my face or like do little human things. <laughs> but when I was doing screen, I was like, no, I can do those things because humans do those things. Yeah. So I think that was the biggest learning curve. Amazing. Was that when you're acting, you're you're, you're a person characters of people just a person amazing yeah. so do you what's next for you do you have some stuff in the pipeline already or are you now on the i guess the cycle of okay i need to audition and secure my next gig what's the what, what part of the process are you in for your acting career now well um i'm waiting for barons to come out that'll be amazing to watch that um so that's like the next project that to be coming out, but uh, the latest thing I'm actually working on, and I can't say too much about it, but it's the first time I've ever done it, and I'm doing a play. Okay, cool. Yeah, which so which back is, on stage. Um, yeah, back on stage. Um, not singing or dancing, but acting um, on stage. And I've never done a play. I never really thought I'd do a play, but I worked on a web series last year, and. Um, I worked with a girl who was an Australian playwright. Her name's Lanika Dent. She's amazing, amazing, talented girl. And we just talked about plays and 
I really became really interested in it and I thought it was like such a interesting I guess it's it's not an industry but it's it's different it's not the screen industry it's it's its own thing and I thought it was really great so I made that a goal this year to um or at least audition for a play um and I did and I didn't get the role at first but then there were some changes and um I ended up getting the lead and wow. so excited to be doing it that's super yeah. exciting okay well I yeah. guess you can't tell us when it's out and what it is for people to look out for it and book, book it, but I'll get I'll make sure people follow you on too. social media so that they can check it out. Do you have yeah, um as, sure. do you have aspirations to relocate overseas or do you think you'd like to kind of stay focused on the Australian industry? Yeah, so a lot of people ask me that um, quite often. I guess it's a like a big question when you say that you're an actor. People always say, you know, you're going to move to LA. Are you going to move to, I guess the US is the biggest, um, it's got the biggest industry over there, but I've never really had a desire to move over there and audition. I, since I've had some success here in the Australian industry, I'm honestly just, if, if I stay here, I'm happy sure. to do that. Like to me, it's just about if I'm given a, a, like a great story and a character that I would love to like um fulfill the vision of and like be in the shoes of that character no matter where it is i'm happy to do it if i'm given the opportunity to work over in the states or work anywhere else i would love that and i'd be so happy to do that but it's never really been like a massive thing for me to get over there and start auditioning sure i think if the opportunity comes my way i'll 100 percent take it and see how far i go with it but yeah i think for now, I'm happy to just do work and tell stories wherever it is. Amazing. Well, look, yeah. I'm, it's, we've, all, we've been on this call for nearly 50 minutes and I feel like I could keep talking yeah. to you all night. Um, <laughs> but we don't have all night. I'll ask no. you one final <laughs> question. Um, given sure. your... Given where, where you started and, and kind of where you are now... If you could give your, if you could give young aspiring actors one piece of advice for their journey, what would it be? I would say, I would say work hard. And it's cliche, but don't give up. But definitely work hard. And if you want something, especially acting, and you want to be in this industry, anyone can do it it's not impossible you know obviously it's hard and it's difficult but it is possible and it can happen but you do have to work really really hard and you have to want it i would i wouldn't even say that i'm there yet i think i've got a long way to go yes i've like booked some work and it's amazing but i'm still not there i'm still working hard and i'm still auditioning i'm still getting told no i'm still not you know i'm still going head to head with people and then missing out so it's a never-ending cycle, I guess, of working hard. Yeah. So I'd say work hard because if you want it, it can happen. Of you course. You just got to work for it. Um, yeah. You've just, even though I said one final question, you've sparked another question. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you've obviously now proven yourself and you've just said, you know, you're still auditioning. So you've proven yourself. McGregor yeah. put you in a couple of times. 
Um, which mm. um, casting agent was Barons through? Uh, so Barons was more a Fay. Okay, cool. So so yeah, that that uh, casting process was a bit different as well. They actually uh, had that. I didn't even really audition for the show. I just they asked me to just send a chat to camera. Okay. And then they booked me off that and then told me what the show was after I got the role. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, so that was an... In- all of my auditions have been well, very fun. interesting processes. Yeah. I guess my, 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 my now final question, unless you spark something else, um, is... <laughs> it was just the comment on you're still auditioning and you're still getting no's. So you've now yeah. proven yourself to these casting agents. You've sh- like mm. They're two of the major casting comp- casting houses in in sydney so Mm. you've now proven yourself to these guys how often have you seen an upswing in how many auditions you would get brought in for before you booked a couple of gigs versus um how many auditions you get invited to now no oh really i'd say um no, I'd say it's the same. Okay. I mean, I've, I'd say since I got my agent, I've been doing at least one audition a month before that. And I'm still doing maybe one audition one a month. A month. Okay. I think, I yeah, I think um, people in the industry uh, may know me, but I'm still not getting, I'm not, because just because I've done those shows doesn't make isn't making me get more auditions sure. and more opportunities. I'm still hustling. Oh, of course, I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. suggesting or anticipating you would. You wouldn't still be hustling. Um, oh no, no, no. But yeah. But uh, I was just curious to see whether there was, you know, because I, I guess a lot of the a lot of the I don't know if it's the stories we tell ourselves or there's so much there's so much conflicting advice and information out yeah. there from people who what's the word profess to know about the acting industry about once yeah. you know you need to prove yourself to casting directors and then once you've proven yourself they'll get you in more and more so i was just curious yeah. whether that's something that you'd experienced or just yeah. a, just a situation that the roles were right for you and therefore it was yeah it wasn't, i mean yeah i mean i guess some of the auditions that i've gotten since being on those shows i've gotten the auditions because they've known me from being on those shows okay and like they've recognized me or they've managed to get my contact information blah 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 but i wouldn't say that um i necessarily have gotten more auditions because i've booked work now okay cool yeah all right yeah (laughs) thank you so much for spending your wednesday evening with me Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. It's been a pleasure to uh, learn about your journey. And look, keep up the hustle. You're obviously doing an amazing job. And I'll uh, I'll try and watch watch uh, Barons when it comes out. <laughs> Do you know what 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 channel is it on? It's going to be on ABC okay, um, cool. on Sunday the twenty fourth at eight thirty. Nice. Well, there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening and I'll, uh, thank I'll you. speak to you soon. Good luck with your journey. Thank to you for having it. me. Thank you.